Blog Talk Radio. by my co-host Amanda. Hi Amanda. Hi Ellie. How are you? Well, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. That's good. We are very excited to be back from our summer hiatus slash break. Um, I think we took in total about six or seven weeks off and ran reruns over the course of August and through September. Um, but we are very excited to be back doing live shows every Sunday night. And um, in the interest of following on the theme that, of, that we talk about quite a bit on the show of balance and self-care, um, we're going to dive into that in a little bit more detail on tonight's show um, because it was a difficult decision for us to make to say that we were going to take a a summer break and step back. We enjoy doing the show, and it's something we look forward to every week. Um, but it also involves a lot of work and preparation, and we realize that, in particular, over the summer months, it's a good time to focus on family and self-care and balance. And so we collectively made the decision to do the reruns over the last six weeks. And um, so we thought that would be a good theme for tonight's show. We can talk a little bit about how our summers went, and some of the decisions that we've had to make recently as it pertains to balance and self-care and continuing to prioritize recovery in the face of um, even some life changes that always come along, as they tend to do. And we also wanted to um, mention that we are changing, well, not really changing, but we're kind of refocusing our format of the show. We get so much wonderful feedback from our listeners, and we really appreciate hearing from all of you as to what sort of topics you enjoy and what themes um, are interesting to you. And we received overwhelming feedback that listeners really do enjoy the organic and conversational nature of our show, in particular when we have guests on that share their experience, strength, and hope, and um, when there's just conversations between recovering people talking about things that are pertinent to recovery. So we are going to continue to have guests on the show sharing their stories and their experience, strength, and hope. We will occasionally have topic-generated um, shows when we have things that are relevant that are going on in the media, or oftentimes we like to have an author on or somebody who's involved in an interesting recovery project. But we are going to sort of take the show back to our roots and and um, have it really based on story and sharing of experiences because certainly that's what we enjoy and uh, from our listeners, it sounds like you enjoy it as well. So, um, Amanda, do you want to kick us off a little bit and talk about what you've been doing over the summer and how your break went and what it is that uh, is important about balance and prioritizing in your life right now? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, it's great to be back, and, um, you know, and it was a great summer, too. I had, um, 
It was uh, it was hard. It was like you said. It was it was hard to you know not have the bubble hour on Sunday nights. But I have to say, I was at a concert like every Sunday night. So <laughs> um, I took full advantage of the summertime as my favorite time of year, and um, you know, really just uh, took the time to enjoy myself this summer. Um, I had uh, I went to the beach. You know, something a lot of things that. I always, you know, um, they talk about, you know, it's funny, uh, the phrase where they say, um, you know, back when I was drinking, I thought, like, I had all this fun and I would be sitting on a bar stool and and telling people about all the fun things that I was going to do, but I never did them because I was sitting on the (laughs) bar stool. Um, So that was kind of how my summer was. You know, everything that I said I was going to do, you know, I went and did, and, you know, just really did different things. I mean, here's a goofy thing, that um, last night I went to the drive-in, that there's one really close to me in town, and, you know, the drive-ins are nostalgic and cool and definitely a summer thing, and summer is pretty much over this week, and, you know, I finally went, and I've lived near, I've lived within 10 minutes of this drive-in for 13 years, and I've never been. (laughs) <laughs> and it's just like it was um you know just doing stuff like that like just getting up and going because i can um you know being sober i can get up and i can do whatever i want to do i can get up at six o'clock in the morning and go see you at the beach you know you know stuff like yeah. that yeah so, i love i um, always think too i would avoid things like a drive-in movie when i was drinking because they don't usually serve alcohol at places like that so having the ultimate freedom to go and do whatever we want is really nice too yeah well i always just thought you could pack a cooler so (laughs) well (laughs) they don't and this yeah yeah i I had the flip side i used to think drive-ins were the coolest thing because you could bring it in actually this one serves alcohol um and actually that that kind of cracks me up as much as we um i this just popped into my head but as much as you know addiction and um you know how widespread it is is in the media and there's starting to be some really good attention about hey this is a problem maybe we need to uh reel this back a little bit this has been a summer where i think this is the first year that this drive-in serves um i think it's just beer and wine i don't know because i didn't go i know it was a beer tent um but I I didn't go there, so I don't I don't know what else they had. But then you know there was something in the media about Target is going to be serving wine at one of their stores, and it just oh I saw that I don't know. yeah I, I, yes it's like the stupidest thing I don't know <laughs> yeah let's go but, but, but good marketing I mean I guess get people drunk and they'll buy more things but I just think it's it's kind of interesting that yeah they they do have it now. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, you know, besides that, I just um, I just had a great summer, and I, I've been so busy with uh, work that I really did this. Um, you know, taking a break from the bubble hour really was important because I had a hard time. I had I did a lot of things, and I had a lot of fun, but I had a hard time finding time to have fun and actually and to stay focused on my recovery because it was actually a big year for me too i celebrated five years of sobriety in august yay yay (laughs) and um, they always say thank you that you know that anniversaries are uh time uh where that are 
really risky for a lot of people, you know, kind of like, you know, thinking, oh, five years, oh, I got this. And so for me it was important, too, to make sure that I kept my recovery front and center because, you know, that's a it's a tricky time. And, you know, I... Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to uh, disillusion to my myself and into thinking that I'm all better because I am definitely not. Well, um, and when life was, gets really rich and full like that, and there's so many fun things to be doing, you know, it's 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 a good problem to have to be sober and active and and have lots of choices in your life. But it also can mean that it, sometimes the choice to choose balance or self-care over being busy or having fun or going to a recovery meeting or touching base with our recovery friends, um, it can be, it can get more and more difficult to find time to do that because of the gifts that recovery gives us. Uh, you know, you hear that all the time, don't let the gifts of recovery give you, take you away from recovery. Um, right. And so, you know, in particular over the summer months, I think we've had shows, too, where we've talked about how the summer can be particularly challenging because there's barbecues and fun things that usually revolve around alcohol in the summer. And um, I don't know, I find that if I go to enough events like that, it's not that I um, am tempted to drink all that often, but I do start to get that kind of squirrely feeling that, oh, I'm different somehow because I don't drink or I'm sober, and, and it's because I haven't been around my recovery people enough when I get to feel that yeah. way. So. And, some, and for those yeah. of us with kids, it can be challenging because the kids are out of school and so we don't have as much structure, um, and I function much better with structured time. So, yeah. you know, again, finding the time to do all those things that are important for me and important for my recovery over the summertime can definitely be a challenge because I tend to put other things first. It's just the yeah, way that well, I am. Yeah, well, so so what I you know, I know about um well, some of it, but what you know, what what were you up to this summer? What was your summer like? Well, I had a pretty big summer also. I mean, I um a lot of gifts came my way, which are which I'm very grateful and appreciative for. I as most listeners are aware, um I have not been able to drive. I lost my license for 18 months, and I got my license back on August 3rd. And that was something Woo! I'm very, yeah, it was very, very grateful for that. Um, I hope that I can't, I won't lose that gratitude for the for the freedom to be able to drive. It's, uh, you know, driving is a privilege, not a right. And um, and also, because I got my license back, I'm able to. I was able to start looking for a job again, and I did find some part-time work. And I had to have a lot of, a lot of conversations with myself about balance and self-care as part of this, because, as I've talked about before, I definitely have a sister addiction of busyness. I just, I, I uh, love to fill my time. Um, and so, initially, when I was looking for a job, I was thinking, oh, you know, I can work full time. I'll go into the city. I'll get, you know, start making more money. And uh, I, I had to make a really conscious choice after consulting with a lot of recovery friends, too, about how I don't need a career right now. What I need right now is a job and some structure and to get out of the house and, and meet new people. And um, so I I was very lucky to find a part-time job that's only about 20 minutes from my house and that isn't too taxing and that I can kind of I can turn it off and on. I don't have to bring it home with me and do work and um you know to really sort of find gratitude in my heart just for the opportunity to to work and uh not 
you know, I, I joke about my world domination plans all the time. I mean, I have um, the the mission of the sh- of shining strong and of the bubble hour, and I love that, and it it sustains my spirit. But to be able to counterbalance that with you know just a basically like a nine to five type of job where I um you know I was laughing at myself the first day I got up to go to work on the first day I'm you know kind of clacking down the walkway with my heels on and my little suit on and I'm getting in the car to drive to my job and you know my heart was really full because when I lost my license and everything looked so dark a year and a half ago that moment was a really hard thing for me to envision that you know I had the opportunity to pay to pay my debt to society to put my time and focus in on staying sober and um, you know that's I did eventually get to the point where I did not see, I mean, I didn't view losing my license as a penance. Um, you know, Amanda, you've talked about this before, how it's sort of the worst and best thing that ever happened to me because I had to learn how to sit still. I had to learn how to just be in my own skin. I had to learn how to ask for help. You know, you can't even go to the grocery store without help. And yeah. um, so I was a. it was a painful time, but also a time that I grew a lot in my own recovery and in my ability to, you know, invite other people into my life to to help me. And so as I was climbing in the car to trot off to my job the first day, I, I mean, I, I really, I said some prayers to say, you know, I, I hope that I can maintain balance even as these increased freedoms are coming back into my life and not get too, too busy and not lose the focus that I have right now on, things that sustain me, like exercise and like spending time with my children and coaching my daughter's soccer team and recovery meetings for me are very important. So it's, uh, I definitely feel that tug of, you know, you should be doing more, you should be busier, you should be, I should, should, should is in my head a lot more than, than it used to be. Because yeah. uh, when you can't drive, you can get that urge to go do something, and you you can't. So you learn yeah. how to sit still. But you know, when you when I get the freedom to drive back, I I it did. It became harder to just kind of be in my own skin and not worry about doing errands or running around like a nut. Um, so I, I've been back. I think it's almost coming up on two weeks now that I've been back to work and. Um, it's about 20 hours a week, which is just enough for now. My kids are grateful yeah. that I can still be there for them at the end of the day, and I can still get to my meetings and have lunch with my sober friends and things, and do things that are that are important to sustain my own my own peace of mind. But I and one of the things I wanted to address tonight on the show was that I find choosing um, balance to be very challenging at times i mean i think we come from a society that really promotes being busy it you know you hear people talk all the time how they can't get to everything they need to get to and i think it's worn almost like a badge of honor um and so for yeah, me to you, make a have decision you seen that to, commercial no which one there's a there's a commercial out there and oh god i'm gonna forget it now it's something like you know when did it when did it become um a like a um, a bad thing to you know not work late you know I I forget what it yeah. is yeah but yeah, it's good, such a, there's a, there's a <laughs> no I know it's I but I know exactly your point and there's a a meme that goes around sometime on Facebook that says stop the glorification of busy yeah and that's that's what it is I mean a lot of us wrap our self worth around on what we do and how busy we are and 
Um, you know, I certainly can fall victim to that too. And I know, Amanda, you have a challenging job that requires a lot of you. And I'm sure that you could easily put in 120-hour weeks. And so um, maybe you could talk a little bit about how you find, you know, the decisions that you make and how you find time to to juggle the things that are important to your recovery and your relationships and also your job. It can be very difficult. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because before I stopped drinking, like, you know, about a year, I don't know, a year or two before I started drinking, I got um, – I, I do – um, a, a lot of projects at work, and one of the ones I, I don't know how I, I did one. I did an office move for my old company, and so when I started at this new company, they part one of the reasons that they hired me, um, new company. I've been there ten years now, but um, when, one of the reasons why they hired me at the time was because I had done an office move, and they were planning on moving, and um, so. We, I was in charge of that move, and you know it was for, I don't know, hundred or so people, and it's it's a organizing an office move is a lot to coordinate, and you know it involves doing some renovations of the existing office and stuff, and so it was something where I, you know, this was back when I was drinking, and I, I work for a company where we have a. Um, we have a beer cart on Fridays, and you know we you know basically have like a a fridge stocked full of beer, and so it it was kind of you know you don't drink during the day, obviously you know you have to do your job, but you know if you're still working at five o'clock, it's perfectly fine to go in and have a beer and um so I did this move, and it required me working it went off without a hitch it, you know everything went smoothly but I worked about 80 hours a week. I would I would wake up mm. at three o'clock in the morning, um, just because I had so much on my brain, and I would just say, forget it. I would just get in the shower and go to work, and then I would stay there, you know. So I'd be there by like six or seven, and I'd stay till seven o'clock at night. So obviously, I was able to accomplish all the tasks that I needed to do because I just worked, you know. I'm a workaholic as well, if if you know, left to my own devices, and. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it went great, and they were happy, you know, that everything went great. And so it's interesting. My office is moving again this November, and I am I actually I have that, and I'm working on another very large project for the company. So I have these two huge projects going on at the same time. And the move is enough on its own, and we're actually doing a much more significant renovation. So it's like a move, a renovation, and this other software rollout that I'm doing. And so it this is it's it's a uh, triggery to me in some ways because this is this is where I thrive. I thrive on busy as well and um on being a workaholic, but you know there's a lot of things that are different in my life today. Um before, you know, I didn't mind working till seven o'clock at night because at five o'clock I could just, you know, go and grab a beer and keep working and you know, I'd avoid traffic and you know, but now I have um, I have limitations. I have to get to my meetings. I have to yeah. um, I have to get home to feed my dog. I'm now single, and um, you know I have a boyfriend, but he doesn't live with me. So, you know I live on my own. I um, I have to you know I have a re- I have to get home by a certain time. I can't just stay. I can't just leave, you know, first thing in the morning. I I have to, you know, I have other things that I need to take care of. 
including the hardest thing in the world to take care of myself. And, right. you know, having balance and finding time for me. And so it's really interesting. Um, I work really hard during the day. I come home and I'm ap- absolutely exhausted. And I have to... I have to, but when, you know, my day is done, you know, when it's that time to go, I have to go. And I still have about 500 things that I need to do. And it used to be that I I couldn't step away from those things, but I've learned that, you know, I might, I, I, to pace myself. And also one of the things, um, and actually, you know, a little tip for you with getting your license back, like one of the reasons why I was grateful for when I did lose my licenses, it taught me how to ask for help. And that was something yeah. I was absolutely incapable of doing before. So what I'm doing differently now, and, um, you know, it's a, a practice that hopefully, you know, you'll continue to carry on too, is asking for help, saying, you know what, I can't do all this. I need, you know, asking. And, and, and work, you know, that also means delegating responsibility. But I used to, um, I actually, that would be the one you know, mark in my review that wasn't, you know, that I wasn't a good delegator. And so I've had to learn how to, you know, do that, how to ask people to help me out and, you know, say I can't carry all this and and to mm-hmm. speak up and say, you know, to actually say, you know what, this is a little bit more, I, I might need someone's help with this. You know, saying that to your boss, that's something that mm-hmm. I was absolutely incapable of doing before. Um, yeah. I just, And, um, you know, those are all things that I've learned in recovery that, you know, I have to do these things. I have to keep my sanity. I have to find time for myself. And I also have to, like today we had, um, I was, you know, had a really good day, had a lot of fun and, you know, had some chores that needed to be done too, but I took a nap because I just really needed to take a nap. Um, So it's... and actually, I mean, I'd, um, I'd love to hear more about what you have to say. But you know, one other thing is, um, I have that. You know, this this thing is going on. You just went back to work, and there's um, this big movement that's happening in the recovery world, and on October fourth, called Unite to Face Addiction, and it's a rally in um, Washington D.C. And it's something that we've been hearing about for months, and um i it's been like nagging at me it's something that i really am passionate about both of us are passionate about recovery advocacy and you know this is their um this is it you know the first rally that's been had and you know they want as many people there as possible and it's it's kind of you know right in line with the mission of shining strong and a lot of it is was sparked by, you know, the movie The Anonymous People, which, you know, we, you know, obviously we have been very passionate about. And, you know, this came up and I'm like, it's in October. I'm My office is moving in November. Like, how can I possibly go? And, you know, then one morning I woke up and I, was, and, and I just said, I just have to go. This is important to me. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, yeah. and you know, and, and hopefully my friends are going to come along. And, of course, you guys are. <laughs> yes, I'll be there. Um, but, you know, like making that, you know, saying, you know what, um, I know I have a lot going on, but this is important to me and I need to do it. And I need to find a way I, to make this happen. That is such 
Such an excellent point, Amanda, too, because when you were talking, one of the things that I was thinking about and um, is telling, learning how to tell people what we need. And mm-hmm. that starts with ourselves, telling ourselves what we need, because all too often I can fall into the trap where I don't tell people what I need. I mean, that's I'll use the example of, you know, when I was married with my husband, um, and I think a lot of, well, I mean, I'll just focus on women for the moment. I know men have other challenges along these lines as well. But, you know, if you're a working mom and you get up in the morning and you're getting the kids on the bus and then you get into your work and you're working all day and then you come home and then you're handling the kids in the evening and all the juggling, all the priorities. And, you know, if I certainly am, and I know a lot of other women that are like this, I mean, I just take it on. I just do it. And mm. I sometimes feel like it's easier for me to do it than it is to either ask somebody else to do it or tell somebody else that this is what I need from them. It was definitely an issue in my marriage, and, you know, it's it's just as much my problem as anybody else's because I just was incapable of saying I can't handle all of this on my own. Um, and when I was drinking, that it fed into my drinking because I thought I deserve a reward for all of this. You know, I, right. I, I could get through the day, I could get through the evening and bath time and homework and everything else I needed to do because I had my own reward. Um, you know, that obviously was something that it kind of it was my my motivation, the sort of magic elixir that kept me from getting too resentful about the help that I wasn't getting because I wasn't asking for it. Um, right. But then in recovery, there. I mean, I hear a lot of people, especially in early recovery, talk about how, um, you know, that reward drink that you give yourself at the end of the day that turns into more than just one drink. And, and a lot of people find a big hole in their lives when you know, your responsibilities and your pressures and your things don't change when you get sober. You still have them all. You just don't have your anesthesia or your reward to yourself. And so the finding balance and finding things that feed you and feed your spirit that are healthy um, and rewarding is doubly important in recovery and especially in early recovery. And so when you're faced with a decision like what you just, you know, we'll use your example of I have so much to do. I have 500 million things coming. I have a big important work project. I can't. I can't afford to take the time to do something that's important to me. And, you know, you could make the decision to put work first and say nothing and plow right through it, but you might, you know, you'll be seeing people at the rally and having a good time, and then you get resentful that you're not there, and then you get angry that you didn't make the decision to go, and then you get angry at the people that need things from you at work. And these things have a tendency to snowball. And yeah. on, a, on your average everyday, you know, life, I mean, that's that's an example of a of a sort of broader long-term project, but... I find that if I'm not telling people what it is that I need, you know, or looking if it's looking at your boss and saying, I, I need to leave on time today, or if it's looking at your husband and saying, I need you to go pick up the kids, or, you know, whatever it is that we need to say, um, my a friend of mine calls it teaching people how to treat us. And I don't know why that's so hard to do and why it is that I have to marshal so much courage. I don't know if I feel like people are going to get angry or that they're going to think that I can't handle something. Um, But in recovery, I've had to learn how to do that because if I don't, it's just second nature for me to shuffle my needs to the bottom of the pile. And pretty soon I'm terribly resentful at people all around me. But, you know, they're not mind readers. They don't. I never really even gave them the opportunity to be of service or to help me in any way. Right. And 
Um, so making those choices, you know, if I if I'm up early in the morning and there's I could do the laundry and run around and get things ready before I head out to work, or I could go for a walk just to clear my head and get myself, you know, oriented. It choosing the walk is really really hard to do because yeah. somehow it feels counterproductive or you know it's not a it's that I don't deserve the the luxury of me time or taking a nap when there's things you could be working on. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really is a practice. It's something that we have to practice doing because it for most of the people that I know, both in recovery and out of it, but certainly in recovery, it's something that does not come easily. And um, you know, now that I'm also a single mom, you know, there's it's, I need I need help. I can't I literally can't do it all on my own. Um and you know, it's not necessarily the ideal situation, but just like losing my license, it's something that's taught me how to ask for it because I get to the witching hour at six o'clock and I don't have another set of adult hands on board to help me get through everything and I you know, there's all these things still need to be done, but I will step away. I'll go for a walk or I'll call a friend in recovery and talk about talk with them or sometimes I'll even just watch mindless television. Something that doesn't have anything to do with being productive or serving other people. It's something that's solely for myself. Um, And when you're newly sober, when you've just put the drink down, people talk about having, you know, what am I going to do with myself? What am I going to do with all this extra time that I have? And I think it's surprising. You may find that you don't actually have a lot of extra time. You're just, the time that you do have, you're feeling all the emotions as you go through them, the boredom and the resentment and the anger, you know. When when you're having to work late and you can't reach for that beer at five, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel the fact that you're probably doing more than you should be doing, and that'll that little extra help can get you through those triggering moments. Um, so you know that's and it, it's all along the lines also of of us making the decision to step away from the bubble hour for a little while. That was a really difficult decision to make, and. Um, you know, we even had conversations about definitely feeling a sense of responsibility for our listeners and wanting to make sure that we're still there to be of service to the people who are who so generously communicate with us and tell us how much they enjoy the show and how much it benefits them. Um, but, you know, I, we can't be of service to anybody else if, if we're not of service to ourselves first because we, you know, we, we can burn out or get resentful of something that we really care about. And um, so it's Sometimes I think it's almost like instead of doing the thing that I sort of feel like automatically doing, the thing that comes most naturally, I have to stop and think and do the thing that feels more uncomfortable. You know, if taking a nap feels more uncomfortable than running around like a nut, then maybe choose the nap because the uncomfortable thing is usually representative of some kind of growth opportunity or asking for help. You know, that's uncomfortable, but it's, it's usually the uncomfortable thing is the right thing to do. Well, and usually if you if you do take the time um you what you do do it may not be everything that you had set out to do, but everything that you do do you'll do better um Very because true. you're you know for example you know um there's times where I've been like you know or you know crazy busy at work, and you know if you just Take a time, like you know, I I like to get a, a a coffee in the afternoon, so I'll take I walk down and I get a coffee, and then sometimes it feels like oh I don't have that ten minutes to walk down the street and get a coffee, and it's like, 
that 10 minutes clears my head and I come back and I am more productive at what I do. So it's 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 worth it to it's important to take those times to to take care of yourself and absolutely to step away even if if it's just for a few minutes. It's true. It's true with relationships also. I mean, I've I uh I have kind of a new mantra that I've been using in my life and um comes from a woman in recovery who who's very wise and who helps me a lot and she always says to me, "Ellie, when you're in doubt, just stand down." Like if I'm not sure what to do or or what the next right thing to do is just take a pause, take a break. And yeah. you know, if if things are hectic in the evening and kids are driving me up a wall and I don't know what to do next, I will go into my room and shut the door. I won't even call it meditating, that might be a little bit generous, but I just take <laughs> deep breaths and like center myself and just kind of step away, just step away because my gut tells me to jump in. You know, it tells me go get a full-time job in the city and make money. It tells me go, you know, build a new company or or run around and do things. My gut does not tell me that it's okay just to take some moments to to really breathe and you know, no radio, no television, no devices, nothing. Just take a moment together. And suddenly when I reemerge from those things, it's easier to prioritize the things that really matter. And, uh, you know, I'm personally very glad you made the decision to go to the rally instead. I mean, the work will always be there, but that rally won't. So that, Right. It's like a once-in-a-lifetime you know. thing, but, oh, no, I'm too busy right now. You know, I can't. And, and it's literally taking one day off of work, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you'll remember the experience, but you won't. If you don't do it, you'll never remember what was so important that you couldn't go. Right. right. Yeah. That's very yeah. true. And, you know, we've been posting on our, just as a sidebar here, um, and we'll continue to update our Facebook page with links about this, the Unite to Face Addiction Rally in Washington, D.C. It's going to be an amazing day, amazing musical guests, lots of interesting speakers and activities. Um, And, again, it's it's Sunday, October 4th? 4th, yep. 4th, yep, full day. Down in Washington, because we're gonna we're gonna make a long weekend out of it and take a road trip down there, so that's gonna be great. But um, we really encourage you to check it out, and there's ways that you can be involved in telling your story, even if you can't attend. But it's a really worthwhile thing to look into. It's gonna be very exciting. So and that can be know. found on Facebook. Just so you know, there's if you just yep. type "Unite to Face Addiction," you can uh, you'll it's all over the place. It's um, there's a lot of news about it, and it's going to be really just amazing. And, um, yeah, we'll talk more about it in the future. But anyone who is in recovery or loves someone in recovery um, or just, you know, believes in the recovery movement, we encourage you to check it out and try to attend. Definitely. And drop us a note if you're going to be there. Look for us because, you know. We'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things be millions too, of people, so it'll be hard. To oh, I it, hope so. We'll, I know it's going to yeah. be really, it's going to be really cool. We'll post some photos of our experience there on our Facebook page too. Keep everybody updated. And um, one of the things that we will probably be doing um, going forward. I mean, I know that we call the show the Bubble Hour, but we also realize that we don't always have to fill an hour because we are focusing on balance. <laughs> and 
Um, so you may find that we and we have the show is going to be anywhere between half an hour or an hour, depending on whether or not we have a guest. But tonight's show was really just to get caught up and talk a little bit about what we've been doing and um, share with everybody kind of what the focus of our our format is going to be going forward. Um, Jean and Catherine have elected to stay on hiatus for a little bit longer. We're going to send them lots of love over the airwaves. And they're, as always, very involved with uh, the recovery movement, as always. But um, you may not hear their voices on the show for a little bit yet. But Amanda and I will be here, and we will be having guests and um, talking about all sorts of things that are relevant to recovery. And please, please, please send us an email at thebubblehour at gmail.com if you have topic suggestions, because we're always open to hearing about what it is that you guys want to hear about. Um, and so before I close the show, Amanda, is there anything else that you wanted to share tonight or highlight? No, I'm just happy to be back, and um, I hope everyone had a great summer. And, you know, I know you did, Ellie, and um, I just uh, look forward to talking to you some more. Yay, me too. <laughs> All right. Well, as I close the show, as always, I would like to directly you, direct you to our parent organization, ShiningStrong.org, and there you will find links to all of our resources, including the Bubble Hour and Crying Out Now, and links to some other initiatives around recovery advocacy. Um, you will also there find um, links to Jean's blog, Unpickled, as well as my blog, One Crafty Mother. And if you go directly to the Bubble Hour's website, thebubblehour.com, you can listen to our shows directly from the website, or you can follow a link to subscribe to our podcast. And as we mentioned, we will also be putting on our Facebook page more information about the rally in Washington, the Unite to Face Addiction. So we thank all of you for listening to the Bubble Hour, and I hope you have a great evening. Good night, Amanda. All right. Good night, Al. Bye. Talk soon. Bye-bye.